What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Prey, and today we have Brian Driscoll, the CEO of Motivated Leads and an SEO, PPC, PPL, Google Ads, Facebook Ads expert in the real estate investing space. This is going to be a lot of fun because you know we've talked about finding off-market deals from a couple of different ways throughout the existence of the podcast. We've not had somebody on the show who specializes in actually finding those leads via pay-per-click and pay-per-lead advertising. And so we're going to talk through what that means, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. And we're going to talk through Brian's journey. And this is going to be a good time. So Brian, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic 1, Oscar Mike. Hey everybody, if you have not heard yet, we are doing a live, in-person real estate event, May 19th through the 21st in Tampa, Florida. I would love to see you there. We have 50 slots, 13 are already sold, and it's only open for War Room Mastermind members. So if you are a War Room member, make sure you head on over to the Circle community and grab your ticket right now, secure your spot. If you are not in the War Room Mastermind and you've been thinking about it, Hit me up so I can get you that mastermind application and you can get enrolled and get a spot because they're selling quickly. We only announced the spots two days ago. And like I said, 13 of the 50 are already gone. So I'd love to have you there. We're going to have some really cool speakers. We're going to do some happy hours, some drinks, some hangouts, some networking, some restaurants, some really cool speakers, guest speakers, keynote, whatever. And we're going to do some property tours and some uh, cold plunges and sauna action. So good times for all. Come hang out. See you in Tampa. Hey, what's up, David? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. This is going to be, uh, I'm excited about this because I, uh, as we were talking about before we recorded, because I always say stupid things that I should probably say before the show, Paper Lead is one of my favorite lead sources. In fact, it's the one that I've considered turning back on a couple of times. There's actually a reminder on my phone for this Sunday to probably turn it back on. Uh, even though I've sold my wholesaling company. So I'm excited to dig into some of this stuff and, and why that is. And uh, But before we do that, I think you should do uh, a better job giving an actual backstory and introduction to yourself than what I just did. Okay, so my backstory, I'll, I'll make it pretty pretty short. I got into digital marketing back in like the early 2000s. I got in, there was a website called Odesk, which turned into Upwork, right? So I was doing SEO for like 20 bucks an hour, helping people out and turned that into a business. It's called Think Big Marketing. Grew that business and then I started getting into real estate. I bought a, I was just dabbling around on Craigslist and I found a deal. It was a wholesale deal, right? In my, in my backyard. So I grabbed it up. I saw the wholesale fee on her. I'm like, this is 15,000 bucks. Uh, the deal made sense, but I'm like, I'll bet you I can get my own leads. So that's when I took the marketing and kind of tied it with real estate. And then we started an agency called Motivated Leads, which is what we do now, which we connect real estate investors with uh, motivated sellers. So basically, I'm an investor and I'm a digital marketer. Simple enough. Which yep. in today's day and age, being a digital marketer in the investing space is a huge advantage. It is. Yeah. Most most people in the digital space don't know what a motivated seller is or don't know the difference from a motivated seller versus someone who wants to sell. Well, I, I mean, a motivated seller is obviously just somebody who put their house on the MLS, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, th those are the ones we charge more for, right? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. People are like, oh. There's so many. You know what? It's, it's, you bring that up too. There's so many people, not necessarily right now in time, but like in the last month or two, people were panicking that had their house listed on the MLS and they were just panicking, filling out everybody's forms. It, it was nuts. So you're getting an overflow of people and you can't do anything with those. Yeah, so uh, I guess we should probably start this because a lot of these, the people on the show, well, this, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. I'm sure a lot of people on the show do know exactly what we're talking about, but there are some who do not. So can you give a brief overview of the difference between pay-per-click, pay-per-lead, you know, Facebook ad, Google ad, the basics of what we're talking about before we kind of dig in a little bit on how this stuff works and why it is awesome for investors? Yeah, 100%. So. Okay, we have Google pay-per-click and we have SEO. Those are both handled on Google search engine, right? Google pay-per-click is the three or four ads you see up at the top of the search. And that's somebody that's paying to be at the top and they're willing to pay Google per click. So what you do is you pick specific keywords and you write ads. We'll say sell my house fast. Anytime someone searches sell my house fast in say Pittsburgh, I want my ad to be up there and I'm willing to spend $30 per click to get somebody to click it. So that's Google pay-per-click. Uh, it's expensive in this space because we're in com competition with investors and investors are aggressive and there's big margins. So the clicks are more expensive than if you were a bakery, you might spend 50 cents a click. An investor might spend 30 bucks. So it's, it's expensive, but it works. You have SEO, which is optimizing your website to rank in the free section of Google. That's a slow play. It, paper clicks like, uh, like renting a house. SEO is like owning the house. SEO takes like six months to a year to start ranking. But once you do, you're not paying to be there like you are in the Google pay-per-click, right? Then you have Facebook ads. Facebook, you're paying on an impression basis. So you're paying Facebook saying, hey, I'm going to pay you $20 to show my ad to a thousand people. If 20 people click, 100 people click. They don't care. They're just paying to show it. So you're showing people ads and you're kind of interrupting them and showing them ads based on their browsing behavior. Um, and they all work. Everything's going to work if done consistently. And then the fourth one, pay per lead, is whenever you hire a company to just do the marketing under their brand, maybe Facebook, pay per click, SEO, or combination, and then you just buy the leads. It's like, hey, I want leads in Pittsburgh. Every lead that comes in, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks, and there's no monthly fees. You just buy leads a la carte. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yep, absolutely. That's a that's a good summary. And so you know the the synopsis, what that means for you as an uh, end user is that paper lead will ultimately be more expensive per lead because you're paying for the final product and you're paying the premium to the company, but it will be absolutely no work. The lead will just appear and you can turn it on, turn it off whenever you want leads. Uh, and so you only pay once the lead arrives and you don't do anything. The other versions, if you're trying to run this all on your own, yeah, you might get a better deal on pay-per-click, Facebook ads, you know, SEO. Um, in fact, you you most likely, as long as you're doing it right, you you should, um, but as long as you know what you're doing. Uh, but you're going to be putting in a lot of time having to learn keywords and ads and, and negative keywords and experimenting and uh, playing the game and, and dealing with the fact that most of what you get traffic-wise is not actually decent leads. Uh, and so, you know, it just depends on what you want to spend your time on. Uh, I, I'll vouch that SEO is amazing, but it just takes 
forever. It's not a fast, <laughs> not a fast yeah. way to get leads. I mean, you should always be working on SEO in any and every business that you have. Uh, and you should, it's definitely worth taking the time to set that up immediately in all of your businesses. But, uh, as a supplement to, I, I think the PPL is definitely a great thing to turn on, at least to play around with. Yeah, I agree. It's the lowest risk. There's no monthly fees. It's just super low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, even if you're, if you're paying a company to run pay-per-click, you know, they, they usually charge a, like a monthly retainer plus ad spend. And that's, it gets very expensive. Uh, if, if you're not getting results, I mean, I run a referral company or I do referrals, uh, to real estate agents, uh, on the side sometimes. And I experimented with ads last year for about six months. I was spending 500 bucks a month plus ad spend. And so it was coming out to like 1500 bucks a month. Um, and it wasn't until I set up a completely separate web page that I realized that the leads I was getting from the Google side were just trash. Um, the, all the good leads I was getting were my organic ones. And, uh, and that was just nature of the business, nature of the beast, I guess. Um, and so for like six months, I spent close to 1500 bucks a month. Uh, I don't think I closed a single one of those leads, uh, you know, meanwhile not- I'm closing. I mean, it's not like the actual business model didn't work. There was closing a significant amount of traffic on the organic stuff coming inbound. Uh, but the paid stuff just didn't, it wasn't, you know, the cold leads did not convert and uh, very interesting thing to learn. And I was like, man, I should have just, should have just learned, you know, had I known to just do like user generated content videos to run those ads and just use them to generate traffic inside of Facebook, uh, basically take videos that converted well and just push to boost traffic within those same platforms. uh, That same ad revenue would have gone two, three times farther, but oh well. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up though, because anybody running your marketing too, just because you're getting deals, try to track that source back. Because you'll find out where you think deals are coming from, it might not be. So track it back so you can you can do more of what work and, and less of what's not. Yeah. Yeah, do you, uh, I mean, I always recommend, uh, I, personally, I like RE Simply as a CRM. And one of the reasons is because you can put a different phone number for every lead source so that you know if your Google pay-per-click call-ins are actually converting vice your direct mail uh, for that exact reason, right? You got to know where those leads are coming in from, but. Yeah. You know what I use? Um, We, we get a lot creepier than that. We'll, we'll say creepier. Like we, we track everybody's behavior. We use a software. It's called Hyros, H-Y-R-O-S. Okay. And oh, what, what I, that dude, I have seen his ads online in his one bedroom studio apartment. That yeah. dude has stalked me online for like two years. His, I don't know what he does with his pixel and his YouTube channel. I've never checked out his software, but as far as like just plain, like being like all over the place presence, yeah. like the guy who owns that company has got it down. Cause I can't get away from his company online. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he just, so- I think they just sold cause his name's Alex Becker. I think they sold for like maybe a billion dollars, like something super like big. They, they sold for a lot of money. Not would not surprise me. Yeah, Dude's but software like software like that's cool because you can tell. Okay, so say you have traffic from coming from Google Ads, right? They come to your website, they click your website, and they leave. Then they come back through your Facebook video a month later. You think Facebook's what brought that traffic in, but really Google's the one that introduced them and got them into your funnel. 
Most softwares can't track until somebody fills out a form and then they track the source. That's called last click. We try finding out where did we where did you get introduced to us? Because in a case they we spent money on Google and it came out on Facebook. If we want to scale, we need to spend more money on Google and Facebook retargeting is just going to go up. So we try to do that, like even mail everything. Like we try to sync all that to really track it back because it's huge money if you can figure that out. That's a really good point that I'd never thought about. Yeah, if all of your initial contacts are coming through Facebook, but they're closing, you know, after they come back in through Instagram, and somewhere in the middle there, you don't know where they're going, but you know every single person comes through Facebook and then eventually back through Instagram. Then you dump all your money into Facebook and Instagram. You can dump everything else and you'd be fine. Exactly. And, and another thing I see people doing is they, everyone tracks their cost per lead. Track your cost per deal. Because a lot of places, like you were saying, Google pay-per-click was getting you a bunch of leads, but they were just garbage. So a lot of people just look. They're like, oh, yeah, this one channel is way cheaper than the other, so I'm going to scale that. I'd rather spend $100 a lead. I'd rather spend $500 a lead if I'm closing one out of three than $100 a lead and I'm closing one out of 20 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think when we shut down the wholesaling company, I was at, what, $1,200 a deal for direct mail, $1,300 a deal for cold calling. And honestly, paper paper lead was like $1,800 per deal, but it was also no effort. It was just right. on or off, right? Those are good and numbers so, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for an average wholesale fee of anywhere from thirteen to fifteen k, uh, you know, I mean, I've I had a whole team built around that, and that's why the PPL is so enticing right now, is because I'm like, I could do that with no team. You know, I wouldn't True. even need a CRM if I only get ten leads a month. I can manage that without even a CRM. Just yeah, I just need one deal to close. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, anyway. And answer what you were saying in REI simply, they're a good software. And uh, I do like them because you can track all your kids. You, that's kind of like a in the like a, in the box. You get everything. You get the tracking. You can do mailers, text, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan for sure. Uh, and I like the fact that he, uh, Sherrod or, or whoever's uh, the founder, is yeah, constantly Sherrod. trying to improve upon it based on you know feedback right not everybody's always always working on that but you know we could talk about other stuff all the time um so okay so walk me through i'm uh i'm dave and i'm looking to find some motivated leads and so i'm giving you a call what uh walk me through some of your services how does how does this work how do how do i work with you guys if i want to find some deals yeah, so here's what I look at with investors. Like anyone getting into this space and paying for leads or want to get into marketing, first you want to look at, you want to make sure you've done deals. I see a lot of guys just getting in this space and they want to go spend money on Facebook, pay per click, whatever. Go out and drive for dollars or something. Go get a couple deals locked down because you need to know what to do with them when they come in, right? So uh, I see that. And then on on our side, like you have a couple different things to think about. We generate leads through custom marketing through Google and Facebook. That's for the people that care about their brand. They want to make sure that everything's going through their brand, their websites, things like that. Uh, campaigns like that start at like 1500 a month plus ad spend. Uh, but the paper lead side, which is where a lot of people gravitate to, has no monthly fee. And you just pay a couple hundred bucks per lead. Depends on the area and competition. We market under our brand on a national level. And when a lead comes into your county, we shoot it over to you in real time. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I think that's a great model for the investor because it's 
know, it's, it's super low maintenance, super low effort. And you just say, yeah, I'd like that. And do you guys have, so I've seen, um, curious on like the paper lead side. So I've seen, I'm trying to think of the company that I've seen this with before, because I, I played around with a couple different companies and, you know, granted it's been a year since I sold my wholesaling company. So you guys were probably just starting, uh, as I was kind of weaning out of, cause I shut down in April of 22. So, uh, you know, as, as a wholesaler, yeah. um, our paper lead started in, um, June, we, we started out of digital marketing before, and then we started offering paper lead and uh, I think it was June last year. So it's probably right after that. Okay. Yeah. So I was messing with, uh, I want to say it was like need to sell my house fast or yep. some, something, but um, they had like a, it was almost like a bidding system for the paper lead per County. And so like investors could bid against each other for what they were willing to pay per lead in the County, like in that County. And it was hilarious because it would let you see, uh, like it wouldn't tell you who the other investor was, but you know, it'd tell you like you're the first bid. And then like the next day you'd log in and it would be like, you're tied and then you'd, you'd up it. And so it was always like this competitive. And so it would start at like, I think 75 bucks per County was like their like bottom. And then in my County, it would be like, Oh, no one's in this County. So I'd bid it up and like, it'd get up to like 350 bucks. And then I would go all the way back down and let whoever that was pay like seven times what they should have been paying for leads. And then it would, you'd see it just come all the way back down and then you'd bid it back up. <laughs> and it was like yep. a stupid game. I used to play with the other investors in town. Cause I'm like, I don't know who this one other guy is who knows about this, but every now and then I'll run them all the way up the flagpole, let him beat me and then drop it. And I know that he's paid for five or six leads before he's figured out that I'm no longer up there and <laughs> he's paying three fifty a lead instead of 75 bucks. Yeah. That's how it works. That's same on our side. Yeah. We have the same type of bidding system and yeah, you're right. And, I see a lot of people too, like some guys will come in, say they got a $5,000 budget per month. They'll come in at like $350, $400 for the month. But when their budget taps out, then they just pause for the rest of the month and the bid price drops. So it's like all kind of, it's always changing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's funny. I mean, what's the, what's the marketing phrase? Uh, oh, the person who wins is the one who can afford to pay the most per lead. Something like yeah. that. You know? Yep. I think Hermosi said that one. Yeah. Yeah, good old Hermosi. Um, oh, man. So, all right. So, you've done a lot with pay-per-click, pay-per-lead, digital marketing. What, do you, what are some things that you see that have, uh, you know, how do you set yourself apart in that space as an investor? Like, if you're not, you know, you're just getting started and you're like, okay, how do I, like, maybe the, like, basic SEO stuff or just, like, basic, like, how do I prep myself to be in a position where like, when do I know that it's a good time to, like you said, you take it, you want to have a couple deals under your belt, but should I have my SEO set up first? Like, what do I need to have in place before I look at hiring somebody to run SEO or, or yeah. PPC or start pumping this stuff out? Yeah. First thing I would look at first, number one mistake I see people making when you start doing marketing, when your phone rings, answer it. And when you get a lead, drop what you're doing and call within like a minute, right? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I see a lot of the guys that are new in this. I had one guy, I tell everyone about this. One guy, he's like, hey, the leads just aren't converting. I'm like, okay, let's look at your processes. What are you doing? He's like, well, I call everyone on Friday at three. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Like, 
so that number one thing is like if a, if a seller is motivated and they're searching Google, they're going to fill out your website and probably two others. First one to get to them that seems reasonable, like like you're not going to rip them off. They feel comfortable with you and you're local. They usually just quit answering the phone for other people. And then the other people are thinking, I think they're getting crap leads. People don't answer. So that number one tip I tell anything, if you're going to do any marketing, even if it's like mail, anything like that, pick up the phone and call leads really quickly, right? The, the, so I told you I do referrals to agents. The best agent in my network, the, the guy who probably the best agent I've ever met, this dude closes 70, 80% of every person I've ever introduced to him. I mean, we've probably, he's probably, he's probably sold 15 or 20 houses from people I've introduced him to over the last, like maybe two years tops. Like, I mean, everything that I, every person I introduced to him, unless they're unqualified, they might, they're probably going to buy a house. Um, and so we're starting this brokerage like six months ago and I called him. I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I know you're not going to join the brokerage because obviously you don't need to join a brokerage. You got your own and you're crushing it. But I'd love you to come speak to the team because you know what the heck you're doing and they'd get a ton out of it. And you know, I, I just love for you to come share some tips. You've been in the business a long time and, and just, tell people some of the things that you do in your follow-up game and, and whatever to really help succeed with, you know, closing deals. And he goes, well, I could do that. I could also just tell you that it's amazing what picking up the phone and calling people when you get that email will do because uh, that's pretty much my secret. I just call them. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know what? People don't want to do it. No, exactly right. That's exactly right. Because <laughs> it sucks sometimes. You're in the middle of dinner with your family or something. You get that text on your phone saying someone wants to sell. Like you literally have to drop what you're doing. Or you can put automations in place to try to help. But yeah, you got to drop what you're doing there. Got to get a hold of them. Speed to lead. Yeah. So that's that's the number one thing I would tell anybody thinking about getting into space. Just prepare for it and do that and you're going to do well. Um. I also have, if, you, if you're doing digital marketing, like say you're running ads on your own, like through Facebook, Google, SEO, and you have people going through your website. Uh, one tip that was a game changer for me, on our thank you page, have a, have a box. It's like, hey, thanks for filling out a form. Click here to book an appointment for us to give an offer and send them a text message with the same thing. You just filled out a form. Click here to book a, book a time for us to give you an offer and send them a Calendly link. What that does is say someone fills out through Google at three in the morning. Because this is, this is when people fill out forms sometimes. They fill out at three in the morning. There's no way you're going to call them back. You're sleeping. Uh, they just got a text message. What, think about it. They're browsing their phone, looking at Google, filled out the form. Now they got a text. So you just pull them away from their browser into the text message and had them book an appointment. The likelihood of them going back to Google and filling out more forms is a lot less. And you're gauging their motivation. You know, so, so that's a big tip there. Um I see a lot of a lot of guys, if you're going to run, we'll talk about Facebook a little bit. If you're going to run Facebook ads, make sure they're really direct. Like we buy houses, sell your house fast for cash. Uh, we're cash home buyers. Like real direct messaging, the cost per lead will be higher, but you're not going to get all the garbage coming through because you're trying to weed out garbage. You don't want to just say, get a free home valuation or find out how much your house is worth and go for those cheap leads. Pay more for them, get less leads. You want to close one out of 10. You don't want to close one out of 100. You know, so that, that's a, that's a big one. And then use your website as a vetting tool. Don't make it easy for people to fill out forms either. 
like put multi-step forms, capture their phone number up front. You always want to grab their phone number and address, but then also give them like a two-step form or three-step form to keep giving them hurdles because the people that fill it out, you can gauge their motivation uh, and also weed out the people that are trying to fill out your form that are already listed on the MLS. So that, that's a couple of them on that side. Google pay-per-click. Um, if I were going to start, if I was just starting into digital marketing, I would start on Facebook. Most likely, depending on what county, like what area you're in. But Facebook's going to be the cheaper version. Gets good quality leads if you do it right. I would not do Facebook lead forms though. So on Facebook, you have two different ways to run at. We have multiple ways, but we'll talk about two. One way is someone clicks an ad and you direct them to your website. That'll be a more expensive lead. It will be better quality lead. The second one is a Facebook lead form. The ad looks the same. They click it. It pops up with a form inside of Facebook that auto populates the seller's info in and they call that a lead. Those are garbage. I, I wouldn't recommend doing those. Um, but yeah, Facebook was where I'd probably start at. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you click the little button that says that you're talking about housing, you know, or they'll just hate you forever. Uh, good been, point. Good old Facebook has been, you know, I, I ran a, I ran into an interesting one actually. So my, when I realized that about UGC, I ran a video just talking about the VA loan, not selling anything. And it was just talking about house hacking with the VA loan. And I thought that they were blocking me because of the housing thing, but no, they were blocking me about credit apparently. And so they flagged me and there was just nothing I could do. They would not let me run ads to that video for anything other than uh, promoting my Facebook group. They just would not let me push anything, not even to my website. Um, It was weird. And I was like, man, that sucks. Cause this, like the video itself, when it went live on TikTok, got like 350,000 views and like 120 people filled out my form on my website. And I was like, huh, would have been really sweet to push ads to this on Facebook, but no, nope. Right. Nope. Do you try the special interest category? Would it let you do it then? We talked to live people. Like we got all the way through like the Facebook people on the other side of the ad world, two different, we went to two different levels of uh, supervisors in Facebook land and they would nothing. Yeah. And you're right. That's a really good point. So anyone wanting to run ads in this space, it's at the campaign level. When you're running the ad, there's a button. You have to click it. It's called the special, special interest category. And what it does, it strips all the targeting away. So it kind of sucks because you can't target. Like normally I'd want to show ads to like, 45 years old and above or 35 plus, maybe males, maybe females, like whatever we wanted to target. It takes all that away. You have to show your ads to everybody in the area. You can't target by zip code, can't target by age, sex, demographics, anything like that. Um, But you have to make sure to press that button because if you keep trying to push ads through without pressing it, they're going to ban your account. And then then it's really hard to get it back. (laughs) Yeah. Good old discrimination. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But the thing with Facebook that is really cool, well, there's a whole lot of things with Facebook and we don't need to go super down the rabbit hole. I mean, pixels and all that other stuff. But the thing that I love is the duplicate audience, which I didn't even know was really a thing until recently. But, you know, I've got 18,000 people on an email list and well, 19 um, at a Facebook group with like 55,000 people. And between the two of those... I can essentially tell Facebook like, hey, take all of this data and those people right there, find people like that and drag them into my Facebook group. Go run these ads. 
And Facebook yep. will say, hey, people who are like these 70,000 people, we're going to push ads towards people who are like them and have the same interests because Facebook knows everything about you. And so they'll say, wow, these 70,000 people like this stuff. We'll find 70 th- or 700,000 people who like the same crap and we'll show these ads to them. But yeah, to your point, it's like, accurate too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty cool to see. I think we spent like 250 bucks on ads uh, last week for like a birthday sale and had like 2000 people click through to them and like 900 opted in. It's pretty crazy. It's like, wow, yeah. this works. But, I, I, yeah. And you know what? Anyone running ads too. Cause yeah, what you're talking about there, make sure you have the pixels on your website. Cause you're talking about lookalike audiences. So what you want to do, Facebook's Facebook, you're right. I didn't know everything about everybody because there's a Facebook pixel on basically every website in the world. So that's why when you go on Amazon and you're looking at shoes, then your whole Facebook feed seems like shoes for the next week. Same thing here. They can they can tell what 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 type of people engage with your brand and your business and what other type of people in a lookalike audience or what other type of people out there would also benefit from this content. And then they can make an audience and show your ads to those people. So you're not showing you're showing ads based on people's behaviors. So it's it's a, it's a lot more optimized and targeted. Yeah. It's the Oh, I can't think of which book it was, but it's the example. My favorite example of how crazy some of this stuff gets is the old, uh, the target, the target thing where the, uh, like the, like 14 year old girl or whatever started getting letters from target that were like, uh, maternity ads. And like the dad went into target livid and then, oh, yeah. and then it was like, why the heck is my daughter getting this crap? She's like 14 or whatever. And target was like, uh, according to everything we're seeing, like, sorry, you know, and then it turns out she was pregnant. It's like, uh, it's crazy. I didn't hear. I'd never heard of that. That's interesting. A, I'm trying to think what book it was in. It was in, uh, oh man, I'm going to have to find it. Cause I, I quote it all the time. It's a, it's a great read, but it's, uh, it's a book all about just random, like data points and statistics and, Marketing stuff. But yeah, they're talking about how Target knows everything about you. And one of the things they're saying is like, they even know, like, based on what you're searching for, you know, they can tell like how far along you are in your pregnancy. And like, once you start whatever, they'll start sending you different pieces of mail. So yeah, this dad starts seeing that his like 14, 15 year old daughter starts getting mail for being in, you know, pregnant. And he gets pissed and calls corporate and all this stuff. And they basically told him like, look, as far as we can tell, like, I'm sorry about the age, but like your daughter's pregnant. Like that's what all of our stuff is showing us. Like, this is why. And, uh, it turns out she was (laughs) like, holy crap, scary, but also, um, Oh, you know what it is? It's from the, it's from whatever book, uh, that, that social media documentary from Netflix was based on. Um, I watched that documentary. That, that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's from the book that was based on. I'll have to go pull it up, but that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, Just and you're right equally as creepy. Yeah. Because, and, and you know what, the stuff that they let, the stuff that all these companies let the public know, like imagine what's going on behind the scenes, oh, yeah. like how much they actually know. And as a marketer though, you can use that to your benefit, but it's, it's very invasive. Like, like say that girl, they can tell what website she's on. She's probably looking up a bunch of pregnancy kind of, questions and different blogs things like that and then they can make a determination very accurately she's pregnant like they can do that in every industry 
it, it, it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, all right. Do you handle PPC, PPL leads any differently than you would, you know, direct mail or cold call? Or do you have like a different strategy for that funnel as far as follow ups? Or do you treat them pretty much the same? Yeah, I haven't done mail for a long time. It's a different type of lead, though. So you figure a paper lead or any digital lead, they're raising their hand, filling out a form, asking you to call them. So it's a whole different experience than somebody you just send a yellow letter to. That's like, hey, that the yellow letter looks like you personally wrote it to them and they think you just drove down their street and picked their house. So because I know when I used to do mail, I'd get three types of people calling me back. I'd get people calling and yelling at me. They don't like junk mail. <laughs> I would get um, the person that thought they're like, yeah, you drove down our street and saw our house. I wanted to see what you thought. And then you get people that want to sell. So motive, like I look at digital leads, call them back. They're waiting for your phone call. And then you, I just jump into, Hey, you know what? I want to find out your problem because everybody is selling a house. If it's either beat up and they can't list it on the market hoarder house, they might be embarrassed to uh, list it because They don't want people coming through. Uh, they inherited it. All these different scenarios you want to, you need to call them up and find out, okay, what's your problem? And they're going to lie to you. So then you, then you have to keep probing. It's like, okay, what's, what is the real thing? It's not the house. Like they're trying to solve something. And then if you can figure out, if you can figure out what the problem is and come up with a fair price with them, you usually get the deal. Right. I see a lot of guys just call them up and go right into price. It's like the price. I mean, price sometimes matters, but not so much. A lot of times it's like, you know what? I have this house that needs too much work. Uh, but my mom's a hoarder. So she doesn't want to sell it yet, but we got to get rid of it. And then you got to think, okay, what can, what can work for everybody? You know, um, mail, mail leads, all that kind of stuff too. I mean, it's the same thing. Find out what people's problems are. It's just, they're at a different stage in the funnel. Like mail, you interrupted them and they're calling you out of curiosity or what it depends on what your piece says. Um, I've never done SMS text. I hear there's a really good return on that. Um, I haven't done it personally. Same with cold calling. I haven't done that personally. Um, but I think it's mainly the same, just like care about people and try to help them solve their need. And you're going to make money if you can make a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, both SMS and I would say like direct mail, you get a whole lot more leads per deal than you do like paper click and paper lead. Um, just a higher amount of people call in, you know, that aren't actually going to close. Uh, cold calling is like double that. And then mm -hmm. SMS is probably again, like, like triple whatever direct mail is because people will just, they're going to respond, right? Like they're going to text you back. Uh, they're going to answer the phone when you call and you know, it's just the barriers to entry, right? You're exactly right. They're not going to be searching on Google on this unless they're actually motivated. Whereas they might call you back just out of curiosity off a letter. They're, is a really good chance they'll answer the phone on a cold call, even though they have no idea who the heck you are. So there's no motivation there. And they'll probably text you back just to be like, who the heck is this? You know, so you'll get a ton of responses on SMS or cold call that are just meaningless. Um, yeah. But. And it's a thing too. It's like, you can either pay with sweat or money. So in the beginning of your career, you probably have to pay with sweat. You got to drive for dollars or you got to do SMS because it's cheap and you're dealing with 500 leads to a deal or whatever it is. Yep. And eventually you work your way into uh, doing like paper lead or paper click where you're spending 
couple hundred bucks a lead, but you're closing one out of 10 versus one out of a hundred. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, okay. Outside of the business world. Now I, on your little sheet here, it's got a, you know, some, some questions that you can ask. Uh, one of them is about the fact that you went on a weight loss journey and, you know, it's interesting because when I typed your name into Google, the, uh, the photo that popped up, uh, on Google images does not look like the gentleman that's sitting in front of me. Um, so, so I being a heavy set guy who am down 35 pounds in the last year, uh, I would love to just hear a little bit about, you know, I know that running a business, uh, we often neglect things on the growth of business side. So I'm curious to talk about the, the other side of life. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it, so here's what I did. Last year was my year of health, right? Always been over, I haven't always been overweight, but I've been overweight for a while. I, I weighed, I'm about 5'8". I weighed 237 last January and I got down to 181. And what I did was I saw a post on Facebook. It was one of my buddies. He owns a uh, title company here in Pittsburgh. His name's Ryan Fisher. You guys can check him out. And what he did was he, uh, he lost 90 pounds and competed in a bodybuilding competition. I'm like, dude, that's insane. I'm like, how'd you do that? He's like, well, I hired Stacy. I'm like, okay, who's Stacy? So, so Stacy's 65 years old. She's probably five, six, five, seven. Uh, and she used to be uh, Miss Universe and she trains bodybuilders. So I call her up. I'm like, hey, Stace, what's the deal? What, what's going on? So she, she gets you in your underwear, takes all your body fat measurements and all this kind of stuff. And then she put me on a meal plan. And it wasn't like I, I've tried Weight Watchers and stuff. I tried eating healthy, and I always thought I was eating healthy in the past. And it, I'd lose weight, and then I'd gain it back on. And she she got me set up on macros. So what she told me, she said, "We're not doing calories because you can eat cereal or you can eat chicken. They might be the same amount of calories." And she told me to start. She's like, "I want you to be at 200 grams of protein per day, 150 grams of carbs, and 50 fat. It's like eat whatever you want as long as it fits those numbers." Which forces, like those numbers, anyone who knows anything about macros, it forces you to eat proteins. Like you're eating chicken a lot, you know. But I started dropping weight and I was working out two days a week uh, lifting with her and then four days a week just on a Peloton, like 30 minutes riding a bike. But I went from, and it took me a year kind of because I cheated a little bit too. Like I'm kind of the person, it's like I can diet for like, I can eat really healthy for like four or five days and I break. And then I got one bad day, you know. And so, but what it worked, I kept going down. My weight just kept going down. So I lost like 57 pounds in a year and eating like that kind of, um, it changed my habits. Cause I started looking at all the labels. It's like, okay, boy, that's a bunch of shit in that food. Like I started looking at like things. It's like, okay, I got to find things that have lower ingredients and just start eating better. And yeah, I'm keeping it off like most of the way, you know what I mean? But anyone looking to do it, uh, it sucks. Like it's not easy, but it works, you know? Yeah. Macros is uh, a good way to do it for sure. And, you know, it's interesting because you're right. Eating that much protein is a lot harder than people give it credit. Uh, but there's a lot of research about like the benefits of eating protein. Uh, I'm forgetting the one. There's a fact that blew my mind at one point that like in World War II, they doubled protein intake for wounded soldiers and their recovery time like was cut in like thirds 
Hmm. Like just crazy amounts of like, even like to the point of like, you know, open wounds would like heal a third of the, in a third of the time. And like your body just recovers faster and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and it's interesting because whenever I do manage to get up to like 200 grams of protein a day, I can feel a, a definite difference in the way that, uh, my body feels, but it's just, man, it is hard to <laughs> maintain eating that much, you know, chicken, rice or chicken, rice, chicken, steak, chicken, pork, chicken, yeah. whatever consistently for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I had to make it a routine. Like I, I had to plan out. I'm like, okay, for breakfast, I'm eating egg whites and uh, like chicken sausage. Then I'm having a shake for lunch. I'm having like cabbage soup or like a wrap with chicken. Then I'm having a, uh, maybe another shake and then dinner. And I had to follow the same thing every day. Cause if you give me choices, like if I start going into my closet and looking for stuff, so I got kids here, they got lucky charms. I'm, I'm going to the lucky charm. You yeah, know, I feel that <laughs> kids are, kids are great for the diet. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, how do you balance the, you know, family life and entrepreneurship? That's another fun one. Yeah. So I used to work a lot, right? Like when I got into business, I was working from, because I had to, I had to pay the bills. I was working like from probably 4 or 5 a.m. I was working, I had two jobs, right? I got a day job and then I had the digital marketing when I was starting. So I'd wake up, digital marketing went from like 5 to 8, 9 to 5 was a day job. I'd come home, eat dinner, and I'd work from 7 to 9 again. So it wasn't healthy, it wasn't good. It's not good for family, but you got to do what you got to do. Uh, now I still wake up real early. And I try to work from like 5 a.m. to maybe 5 p.m. at the max so that when my kids are home, I got the whole night with them. So I wake up, do all my stuff in the morning before anyone wakes up, have breakfast with them before they go to school. And then I just work during the day when they're at school. And then I try to take off nights and weekends just because you don't want to work all the time. Like it, it's good, but you got to have priorities. You don't want to miss the fun stuff and the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Waking up early, though, that's a one. That's, I think that's the best thing I do. I get more done in two hours in the morning than the whole rest of the day. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm still not 5 a.m. right now, maybe 5.30, 6, but definitely still pretty early morning guy uh, every day of the week. Uh, I don't think there's a day that my alarm doesn't go off at 6, 5.45, 5.30, 6 every day. Uh, yeah, 6 is my sleep in on the weekend. And then, yeah, 5.30 yeah. or 5.45 every day of the week. Used to be four, but you know, I got out of the Marine Corps, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> right. And you know what? The easy way to wake up early in the morning is to go to bed early. Yeah, that's the hard part with the kids. It's like I tell myself that that's going to happen. And then it's like, man, do I want to spend time with my wife or kids or do I want to go to sleep? Right. And yep. I want to go to sleep, but I also feel really guilty if I go to bed at nine and everybody in the house is still awake. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's constant battle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm missing out on time. Like last night I went and I think I laid down at 945 and it must have been like 1040 when the wife and the oldest came in to say goodnight. And I'm like, man, like, yep. that, that didn't help. <laughs> like, Right. I yeah. They didn't get any sleep there, but all right. <laughs> like, you do any camping or anything? You know, I'm a huge hiker uh, okay. and I, I do love, you know, camping. I haven't in a long time. It's funny because my oldest, we were, I was a Cub Scout leader when we were in Hawaii and he was in Cub Scouts. When we moved back to Missouri, 
it's just not any good like troops around here. So he didn't get back into it. And unfortunately where we live, I mean, Arkansas has some great hiking and camping, but it's an hour and a half, two hours away. And it's just not been really convenient. Not that that's an excuse. Um, my family, my wife is not much for getting out of the house uh, these days. And so we haven't in a long time. I mean, I have, I did like the Machu Picchu hike in Peru four months ago, and I've done some hiking and camping with friends a little bit over the last couple months. Um, but as far as with the family, no, uh, which is a bummer because like we've got all the stuff and I, I enjoy it. Uh, and I think my oldest would, and I think my youngest probably would, but uh, I'd be fun. Yeah. Cam- camping was a game changer for us too. My wife's always like, Hey, we got to get a camper. So we're not even camping in tents. We got a camper, but reason it was really beneficial to the family is we're all going somewhere um, and it, it allows me to like switch modes and turn my phone into airplane mode. So they got, they have my attention. Cause I'm like, I'm probably the same as you. It's like my phone's ringing all the time, bothering me. Um, mm. And it's, it's tough not to look at it. So if I change situations like that, it's like, okay, I can put my phone on airplane mode and I'll check it at six in the morning, once a day. So then, then you're focused on spending time with family for the rest of the day. So that, that was a big help with me also like on family life. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, actually a really good point. And I would love to get back into camping. So it's good for uh, the soul. It is. Yeah. Being outside is wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Might have to, might have to reconsider that. That'd be huge. That's a good point. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure thing. Is there, so, okay. So we've covered every possible topic you could cover on a podcast at this point for, you know, drugs and alcohol. So, um, or, Alcohol is a drug. Um, what have we missed? Is there anything we've missed on the the ads and PPC PPL side of the world that we need to cover on before we uh, tell people where they can get a hold of you and wrap things up? Now, I would just say anybody thinking about getting into doing like anyone thinking about doing marketing, just do it. Like start small if you need to, unless you unless you haven't done deals. But anybody that's on the fence, uh, I see a lot of people that get held up on designing websites and this and that. It's like now just go get the deals. Go get traffic coming in. Uh, don't wait three months while you're designing something, waiting on your logo, all that kind of stuff. Get the traffic, get the deals, and then worry about branding and stuff later. Like, just take action and make some money. I like it. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, you can totally land a deal while you're doing all that. And one $15,000, $10,000, $5,000 deal pays for your entire setup while you're in the process. Right. Which is pretty sweet. That's good. good, good advice. I like that. Yeah, good deal. Well, Brian, where can people get a hold of you if they would like to uh, test out your services? Yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, our website's motivatedleads.com. So motivatedleads.com, best place. That's easy enough. And what if they'd like to just reach out to you and talk? Just a, hit me up on uh, Yeah, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Easy. And that's yeah. Uh, just just search my name. I don't know the link. Just yeah. search Brian Driscoll. <laughs> here we go. I was going to say I've, I've got it here, but. Uh, LinkedIn is super long, and so I'm not even going to try to – for anyone who wants to know, it's LinkedIn slash Brian-Driscoll-SEO-Real-Estate-Expert. So uh, just yeah, – Toss search. it in the show notes or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll toss it in the show notes. <laughs> oh, man. Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun, and I – uh, well, it's been fun to have someone to talk PPC and PPL to the masses, and uh, hopefully they got a lot out of this. I know I enjoy talking about this stuff, and uh, hopefully we didn't go too far over anyone's head, but 
I'm sure they're going to, this is going to help some people land some deals, make some money. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Absolutely. Have a great day. Hey, you too. We'll talk soon. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.